Welcome to Living Wisely, Living Well, timeless wisdom to enrich every day with Asha Nayaswamy, one of the spiritual directors of Ananda Palo Alto and a founding member of Ananda Worldwide. If you enjoy this content and are inspired by the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda and his disciple Swami Kriyananda, find Asha on YouTube, Facebook, all podcast directories, and her website, ashajoy.org. Living Wisely, Living Well, January 8th. Assuming that you really do want others to listen to you, show them the respect of listening to them first, of hearing what they have to say. Even if they say nothing, listen first. What he means, he doesn't mean even if they sit silently, even if they have nothing to say in all that they say. (laughs) Listen first. This is a very interesting... uh, very interesting teaching and I've had to be corrected by Swamiji on more than one occasion on this because my mind is very fast and it comes to conclusions and it thinks it knows and I he he has commented to me and to others um, how can you say I know I know when someone is talking when they've just started talking and you don't know what they're going to (laughs) say it's like first of all I mean just that in itself it's like what do you mean I know I know you don't know how can you possibly know? So already the person feels completely like I have nothing to contribute. You know, you already think you know me and you might well know that he doesn't. He doesn't inspire. So, but what Swami is saying here is that if people feel heard, they will be much more likely to listen to you. And he's also not saying that you have to agree with them. He's not saying that you have to allow them endless, and Swami plays this both ways depending on different circumstances, but too often I've seen that the person who is trying to solve the problem simply becomes impatient and just wants you to stop. And I've had it delivered at me because unfortunately when there is an issue at hand and a decision is needed, I tend to need to to take it down to the base figure out sort of what all the actual issues are and then make the decision after all the issues are clear. And either other people can understand all the issues faster than I can or they just feel that they already know and can go forward. But often I require more in-depth conversation before I can feel comfortable with the decision. And people get impatient with me. I've seen it. And then, of course, I return the non-favor by having other people talk and I become impatient with them. I just want to stop it and I want to go to the decision. But just being able to patiently let a person feel that they've been heard. And many people are not that articulate. And it's just not fair to expect them to be absolutely linear in what they say or to to be consistent from point to point. It's another mistake that I see people make. Well, you just said this and you said that a minute ago. And you'll see someone who is just sort of either their words are not their first language and therefore they have to work hard to find the words. They may misspeak, not realizing that there's a nuance of difference and that they have to go a little bit farther either before they'll catch it or or before you'll realize it really doesn't matter because you can tell what they mean regardless of what they say. Um, Or that people are shy and are easily intimidated and made to feel stupid and then can't think at all. I mean, the art of really drawing out of people what they have to tell you is a a vital art toward getting along with people and also being a manager or a leader. 
if people feel they can't speak to you, um, that it really puts you at a great disadvantage because you then you never know what people actually feel and you just go forward with the fabrication of your own mind. So learning how to listen very patiently. Swami Kriyananda was so was so calm in meetings is the only way I could say it. He didn't let people go on endlessly and he didn't let people complain and create negative energy. He didn't necessarily let people speak as much as they wanted to speak if all they were doing was spoiling the energy in the room. That's a whole slightly different thing which I may come back to. But when a person was sincerely and honestly with positive energy trying to say what they felt so that they would feel that they had been recognized, um, even if, every, if, and if you do know everything that they're saying, it may be very important for them to say it, for them to feel that they've put their energy forward, they've tried their best. If they're trying to persuade you of something that you've really heard the argument, you know, and that's, it's, um, but Swami was, was always so calm in a meeting. He was just, he would just be settled and he wouldn't fidget. He wouldn't, he never like let his attention wander. He never disrespected someone by sort of staring off in the distance when they were talking. He always gave his full attention to whoever was there. So even if in the end he had to disagree with them, they always felt that he had disagreed with them without, he had, he had had a different opinion about the subject without rejecting them. Because when you don't let someone finish what they want to say, they always feel, almost always feel, put down and disrespected. And then the, it gets confused as to whether the ideas are good or not or whether you're just fighting personalities. It's really, um, it's really a very fine art. I, I learned in a certain way when I had to make decisions sometimes and someone worked for me for a while who worked with me. Um, but they, a lot of their ideas were not very good or their ideas were not very practical or more more the actual issues. A great many of their ideas were self, self-centered, self-concerned and wanted things to be a certain way because that's how they wanted them. And I gradually learned first to listen completely to the idea because oftentimes I knew I was going to reject it in the first few sentences because I knew what it was. And I mistakenly thought we would save time by just cutting to the chase and getting to the point. Of course, then, instead of saving time, it committed me to, you know, an endless ongoing series of confusions and hurt feelings and great efforts to replace it, where if I had just been able to be more like Swami and just sit calmly and let them let the person tell me what they needed and what they wanted, the whole thing would have lasted a tenth the time that it ended up taking. But I, oftentimes when I could see that it was important to this person, but it just wasn't going to be able to happen, I would still, when they finished and had presented to me what they wanted, I would start by affirming their idea. Because I would be listening to what they, what they, what they needed in their hearts, not just to the idea that it was being presented. See, what happens is, if you just relate to the words and to the ideas, many times... That's not really what people are asking of you. They're asking of you, again, to be recognized, to be respected, to have, have for them to feel that their feelings matter to you, 
that their well-being as they define it matters to you. I remember when I was really beginning to learn this, this one woman had, she just had these ideas. She really wanted me to make certain arrangements that would work this way and that way and couldn't be done. And I, I learned to say to her, oh, I can see why you want to do that. I can see why that would really be a good idea. But I don't see how we can actually make it happen. But by the time I got to there, I had already stepped into her reality. I had listened to her reality. I had stepped into it. I had felt it from her side genuinely. I could genuinely see why she wanted that to happen. But gosh, I just don't really know how we can make it happen. Because of this, we have to consider, and that we have to consider. And by then, we're on the same side. Whereas, and still sometimes, impatient inclination is, oh, we can't do that. That's not practical. We can't really. What are you thinking? Even to interrupt and say we can't do it. But Swamiji, um, he was always cultivating us as human beings, is the way I would say it. We, we had many projects. I mean, we, we, together under his guidance, we basically did the first round of creating Ananda. I mean, now we're in a, the next round of Ananda. But that was the first round. That was bare land to actually having communities and a handful of people to having thousands of people around the world. So there was a certain amount of development that had to go forward. And he worked hard and we worked hard with him to, you know, to really make that happen. It was no, it was no small feat. But what Swami really cultivated through all of the years, 45, that I worked with him, is he cultivated us as people. I mean, he was so sincere in it. I'm not going to say skillful, although sometimes I've told the following anecdote to say he was so skillful, but he wasn't skillful. He was completely sincere. He was so sincere in his commitment, and I'll speak for myself, to developing whatever little ability I would have um, to, to serve Master's work and to be in tune in any way. And that was always his first priority. And it was necessary for him to help me to think clearly and to have the experiences I needed to be able to test my inclinations, my intuitions, my ideas, to see if they were valid enough, um, to be respected so that I would have confidence. And so the way I put it is, you know, Swamiji asked my opinion. He asked my opinion a lot over decades. And I was about 25 years into it <laughs> before it occurred to me that he didn't need my opinion. <laughs> that he was really asking for my sake. But he did it so sincerely that I had the genuine impression that I was being helpful. And I was being helpful. I was being helpful because it was helpful for him to see that I was trying hard and I was going to be a person who could take responsibility. And so he genuinely wanted my opinion because he was training me to be able to take responsibility. But I thought it had to do with the subjects that he, would, he was asking. But it taught me to be careful in my words, to think, think things through, to try to articulate myself with the same respectful energy that he had. I mean, I just learned countless things 
from his asking my opinion. It had nothing to do with the opinions. But he was listening. Even if he knew, even if he knew exactly what I was going to say, he really wanted me to say it to him. Sometimes just speaking up was enough. There's a very interesting letter. There's a book called In Divine Friendship, which is a collection of correspondence of Swamiji's over many decades. And uh, one letter, I, I'm doing a, a I, there's a series, a class series, in which I'm going through that rather thick book, page by page. And uh, one of the letters was Swamiji writing to someone, commending the person for having the honesty and the courage to tell Swamiji that they really didn't like one of the songs he'd written. <laughs> in some of the letters, the, the recipient is anonymous in the book, and even sometimes their identity is masked slightly, so all you have is Swami's reply. But I think what the story is, because it was a particular song, I think he wrote the song and he wanted some particular person to sing it because of the range in which that song was set. And I think the person didn't particularly want to sing it because they didn't like it. I think that was what the context was. And so Swamiji said, um, I was so pleased that you felt you could be sincere with me rather than needing to be diplomatic. And Swami also said, I could tell you didn't like the song, but I wanted you to trust my friendship sufficiently to be able to speak your mind honestly. And Swami said, who cares about the song? He said, the friendship is much more important. And of course, to build that kind of friendship, you know, that's something worth doing in life, isn't it? Where you, where you are, are deeply trusted to become the kind of person that people will deeply trust with their true thoughts and their true feelings because they know you will listen. And so what kind of a person do we want to be? Do we want to be a person who people like to hear because, after all, he's so clever, he has such clever ideas? Or do we want to be the person who is a true friend and that the people around us will open their hearts because they know they can really trust us to listen? It's very interesting. So what is the purpose of our life? Why are we here? That's, that's the question you have to answer and then everything else follows from that. So, my friends... Assuming that you do, do really want others to listen to you, show them the respect of listening to them first, of hearing what they have to say. Even if they say nothing, listen first. Joy to you, my friends. Our work is made possible by inspired listeners, so if you feel to support Asha, you can make a one-time donation, or for unique members-only content, subscribe through Patreon. Blessings and thank you.